You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, so today's episode of Blue Church Breakaway, it's brought to you by you, of course, as you know, but we talk a lot about the Tony D'Angelo saga, the, the way the New York Rangers have handled it, and everything around it. I think it's important to let you guys all know, again, everybody at home listening, every single person listening to this episode, we are dummies, we don't know anything whatsoever, we are not reporters, and we are not journalists, and a lot of everything we say here is our opinion on the situation. We were filled in a little bit on the Jack Johnson situation, Jack Johnson situation. Oh my God. Did you see what I did there? I'm going to leave that in, by the way. The Tony D'Angelo situation pretty early. Uh, we followed it pretty closely. We feel like we have a pretty good grasp on what happened. Of course, there's conflicting reports from every single angle, uh, whether it's, you know, Larry and Don LaGreca having conflict, conflicting reports. There's been the team saying things didn't happen uh, via like the Adam Herman report. There's uh, Greg Wyshynski, there's Elliot Freeman dancing around certain things. I think the truth is somewhere in between all those things, and um, it's our job to sort of break down what happened. And that's what we're going to do on our show today. I know we get a little bit off topic. Uh, then, oh, no, we don't get off topic. We stay on topic the entire time. We talk about Tony D'Angelo and New York Rangers and how they handle it and how MSG does it all. So stay tuned. I'm sure there'll be some uh, some interesting feedback from everybody on this episode, but uh here we go. Buckle up for the ride. Here's Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey, Blue Shirts Breakaway fans. Welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Greg of the Athletic. Gregory, are you as upset as I am that the Rangers didn't wear their reverse retros versus the Penguins tonight? Biggest story of the year, and they let it down. How are you? Say hello. Ryan, take a seat. Okay. I have 25 minutes uninterrupted 
on why the Jordan Yamamoto trade is great. It's I figured that would be the lead story. First of all, I thought it was crazy that he just did the LFGM right away. Like that's he he gets it. He okay. It's that, part of honestly, the culture. But much. let's do it. Okay. I, I'm even. I'm the one saying it's too much. Too much. I think that's, Dude, that that shows you how fucked up the, of a the, weekend. The best way to start this podcast is I think Filipino returns later this week because it's been six weeks already since we last recorded. <laughs> I just it feels I, like it, right? Yeah, it does. Um, what was it? What was it last week when we sat down and did OT and we were like we had Dom Moore on the X, show last X week. Had, <laughs> that doesn't feel real. Nope. Um, yeah. That no. last week honestly feels like it was a year and a half ago. But remember, what OT was it where we sat down and we were like, hmm. um, this only happened one week ago. I don't know. Like, I, I, I think it was like two weeks ago. I have no fucking clue. I don't this know. Is, anyway, Jack Johnson fun let, feels like it happened seven years ago. That's true. I got to bring that back when Jack Johnson gets back in. Let's get to some topics here. There's a lot to discuss. Uh, we haven't formed a plan on how to discuss this. You, but just some pre-warning. Um, if you're MSG and you're listening to this, I know why you don't work with us. Okay, now that we've done that, let's get into everything, shall we? So Tony D'Angelo mm. is no longer a New York Ranger. Well, he is currently a New York Ranger, but cleared waivers today for the New York Rangers. There was an incident over the weekend uh, where reportedly, according to Rick Carpinello of The Athletic, Hey, nice plug. Uh, There was an incident between him and Alexander Georgiev where uh, likely Tony said something. Georgiev went at him. They were separated. This is a story that we believe to be true at this point in time. And then uh, the Rangers decided, hey, we are done with Tony D'Angelo. They had a press conference today that was, uh, we will dissect pretty heavily, I will assume, during later this show. He's cleared waivers. He is now eligible to be traded. A team could have had him for free. Apparently, his agent came out and said the Rangers are working with other teams to trade him and get the most value, I guess, for Tony at this point in time. Or at least that is the goal for the New York Rangers. And here we are after a weekend that I I, I woke up on Sunday. I was like, I'm going to get a lot done today. And it turned out uh, I got nothing done and just covered the Tony D'Angelo saga the entire day long. It's odd. I remember... Sunday is such a blur, but it's a blur because it felt like it lasted 17 years. I feel like I had big plans Sunday. I was going to do something. There was going to be like a house project I was going to finally knock yep. out. I knew the storm was coming, the snowstorm that is currently engulfing the entire East Coast. So there were definitely things on my mind that I needed to get done. And I got none of them done because literally the unthinkable happen it's it, it, there's it's something so on the nose there's something so funny about vince moving the day that tony gets put on waivers it was like it was, it was like everyone is. was everyone was covering the practice or whatever tony was put on waivers and then you me and like three other blog boys uh nameless websites as some president of the of of the new york rangers excuse called. you no fan fan block oh fan blocks uh fan podcast here are we now a fan podcast is that cool oh well, he wasn't talking about us i know i know but i want to you know i just want to be recognized for my greatness um so fan fan podcast that's us and we started covering it and it was like we were the only people really covering it like this is a where were you moment right yep i told you that i was running errands i this is gonna shock people totally gonna shock people yeah around noon on a sunday yeah uh I, I usually – so when I run my errands, Ryan, I don't know how you do them. I usually start at the furthest location and then work my way back home. Yeah, that's fair. Is that how you do it? Uh, yeah, I, or I go order priority, like depending on food shopping or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I do it 
your errands start at the furthest away from home, and then you work your way back home. Okay. So this is going to surprise you, but the errand that I have to run that's furthest away from my house is the casino. Yeah, shocked. <laughs> Governor Andrew Cuomo, the great Governor Andrew Cuomo, doesn't have a fucking mobile sports app yet. So I have to still physically go place my bets. And there were a couple bets on a Sunday that I wanted to place. There was some basketball that I was intrigued in. There was some hockey I was intrigued in. Uh, so I'm waiting in line to get into the casino, standing my six feet apart from other people, not really wanting to interact with anyone because, you know, the people you interact with at noon on a Sunday during a pandemic in a casino, yeah. not necessarily the people you <laughs> that want to makes have sense. long conversations You're with. part of it. I understand. Uh, I, hey, I am one of them. Yep. I don't think they want to talk to me either. Yep. I think we all agree. We're there for a singular purpose. It's not to make friends. That is not uh, it. I'm checking my phone, waiting my turn for the guy to, to see that I'm a 31-year-old resident of the state of New York. Uh, and I, I see just bluntly from Friedman that says, waivers, D'Angelo, NYR. And I was like, what? <laughs> I did the same. Dude, I did the same thing. I was about- everybody, had, everybody had the exact same reaction, right? Which is something happened. I, because it had to have been something like it, it's it's not on ice performance mm-hmm. we uh, we all know that tony's on ice performance had dipped but it it hadn't dipped enough to warrant waving him after what was it eight games okay or six and for him because he sat let, two let's get right into this i gotta get into the weeds with this one anybody that's like oh they're cutting him for on ice performance reasons like after he was minus six or whatever it's five games into the season that is not what happened here folks like it's not they weren't like oh tony's not good enough to play in the nhl anymore let's cut him there's way more to this story like let's just let's just be honest there was they there was more than just hey all of a sudden, he's not – like, okay, let's put it this way, Greg. If Tony D'Angelo comes out in the first couple games here and he scores, like, a hat trick and he has a couple assists and he makes some great defensive plays, is he still cut? I don't know. Um, well, it's interesting you phrase it that way because what was dependent on this waving, and I think it's important to remember, is how D'Angelo played on opening night when he took not just a silly penalty but then exacerbated it by having a throwing a hissy fit. Right. So if Tony doesn't throw that hissy fit, is he on waivers? I honestly don't think so. I don't think so. But the fact of the matter is he threw the hissy fit first. It clearly wasn't his first hissy fit as a New York Ranger. It's an issue we know for a fact that David Quinn has tried to break out of his game and out of his maturity. It, it seeming like it seemed for a long time that it was working and then he regressed to a point where it clearly wasn't anymore. He gets benched for what was supposed to be one game, but the Rangers played so well in that one game that Quinn wasn't going to change the lineup. Uh, Jeff Gorton himself mentioned, uh, John Davidson himself mentioned, that Tony never got over the fact that he was scratched those two games. It clearly had an impact on him in the next five games he played, and it clearly hit a boiling point with Tony where he was dumb enough to say something to a teammate. That would cause the teammate to lash out. So would all of this had happened had Tony D'Angelo gotten off to a hot start where he scores a hat trick on opening night? Probably not because David Quinn wouldn't have taken him out of the lineup. Right. Like if, if, if Tony picks a fight in the locker room without that healthy scratch, to the Rangers, that's probably strike two. So no, I, I think Tony would have been suspended. I think the Rangers would have laid a hefty fine on him or as much of a hefty fine as they could have. It would have been a story one way or the other, but no, I don't think the Rangers would have put D'Angelo on waivers if he didn't come out of that benching as poorly as he did. 
I, Jeff Gordon himself said, if you do one more thing, you're going to give us no choice. And D'Angelo did one more thing rather quickly. It was only two weeks later. Yeah, it was. It was very quick. And obviously, uh, Georgiev was the clocker in this scenario where he punched D'Angelo. But D'Angelo, we, we think. We think. We think. Well, Friedman even said that today on 31 Thoughts, is that, is that Georgiev supposedly or allegedly clocked D'Angelo. That, that was actually his terminology. So I'm quoting somebody that knows someone knows something way more than me, I'm assuming. But we believe that. That's as much as we do know, but we know it was instigated by Tony, and that's why they cut him. At least uh, that's why they put him on waivers, rather. Now, this brings us to our next situation with Tony. It's kind of like, what happens now, right? So, as far as I've seen, and as far as I've read and reported, there is some sort of clause where they can have a character clause buyout, but it seems that New York Rangers will not go that way. That will not uh, Again, David said and Gorton once again explicitly said in the press conference that they would not pursue that line of transactional um trend trans, transactional movement i was only That's able to read uh, this is absolutely ridiculous that this is the way it was done but the way the night went i was only able to read the press conference and not able to watch it clearly once I, it was posted i saw that they posted a nine and a half minute video on they Twitter. did yes i haven't i haven't watched it yet either but just the, ridiculous just ridiculous can we talk about that for a second yeah we can do this because this is the whole podcast I, is going to be tonight yeah and we we will eventually get to the point where the new york rangers won a hockey game tonight three to one absolutely the, the, we will get there guys but obviously and we'll a get lot to the loss too for sure but there's a lot more oh, going I for, on I, right forgot now. That, yeah. I forgot that there was a game on saturday yep like it happened it, so much has happened since saturday that i forgot that there was a game that led to the incident. We haven't even talked about my literal Lord and Savior being in COVID protocol. That's how much we, like, that would be the opener for, like, three weeks in a row on most other nights. But we haven't even gotten to that. Uh, MSG. You own they three like networks. Us. Yeah, no, it's they very clear. They don't like us. Yeah. Let's get this out of the way. I, just because people people are going to say that we have an axe to grind or something like that. I don't know. They don't like us for reasons. Probably because we're not very nice. We're, we're douchebags. We're not important people. And their life is easier if they just don't deal with Fan pod. Good, good for them. Fan pod. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to harass them as much as we can to get people on. Maybe one day they'll finally give up. Uh, who knows? Likely not. not. Likely not. We, not even we. Actually, we at this point. You do it too. Ryan, this is going to surprise you. Yeah. I am a fan of, of the New York Mets. Did you know that? No, never heard. Keep going. Keep going, please. <laughs> We have shat on the Wilpons more than just about, I think, any entity. Sands Chase Utley, Sands you Bryce mean, Harper, as the, Sands po- as the podcast in general in our history. Yeah. yeah. You, you go through top five people that we have spoke ill of on this podcast. Elaine Vigneault's up there. Yeah, Elaine Vigneault's number I, one, I'm sure, actually. And I, I Mark Stahl's Mark up Stahl, there. But I love Mark. Jack you know, Johnson out has of love. skyrocketed up there. Yeah, Jack. Um, sorry, Jack. But I would say the Wil- the Wilpons are in the top five. Yeah, for sure. That's No a, question about it. Actually, been big defenders of Dolan on this podcast a lot of the time. We have. Shocking. Not going to happen today, though. No. Nope. Uh, as much It's not going to happen right fucking now, too. Uh, <laughs> as much as I like the shit on the Wilpons, which is... A personal pastime for me. I, I this isn't even. I don't want to come off as someone that's like, well, you got to hand it to the Wilpons for doing blah blah blah. You don't have to ever hand it to the Wilpons. They're terrible people. But in fairness, when the Mets fuck up, they go on SNY and say we fucked up. Right. It's what they do. Even this off season, every time the Mets have fucked up, they said 
We're getting on Zoom. You're invited to ask us questions. We're going to be as transparent as we can be about this. The world needs to see that we are trying to take responsibility, whether they do it correctly, whether they're um, successful in what their message is trying to be. They get in front of the camera. They say we fucked up. They take the questions. They try to move forward. MSG just doesn't. And I don't know why. I don't know if they have like contractual obligations to show poker at five o'clock well, in the afternoon. Let me just let me just mention billiards, this. Whatever this, it is. This is what kills me. So uh, I'm looking right now. And MSG has not, a, not one MSG. They not have two. They have MSG two. They have MSG mm-hmm. plus. They have MSG plus two. They have MSG Western. They have the MSG app. They have MSG Go. They have an MSG YouTube, and they have a Rangers Twitter. Those are all ways you can broadcast the president of the New York Rangers talking about the biggest story in. I would say this is matched to the Lafreniere lottery ball kind of same level. Or like um, I, it, this is the NBA this version is, this, of this is this is drama. without 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 exaggerating without using hyperbole this Mm -hmm. is a crisis so this isn't on the level of the rangers trying to celebrate good vibes right Mm -hmm. in a way we shouldn't be surprised ryan took the rangers four hours to send out a press release about keandre miller getting attacked in a zoom call fair took the rangers were the second to last organization to say anything about the black lives matter movement and the protests going on in the summer True. Also, this really shouldn't have surprised us. We, I, I am as disappointed in myself as others can be disappointed in me that I think I allowed this to surprise me. It's, it's right there for us. If we wanted to see it, I, I'm not equating this to those incidents, mm-hmm. right? It, it, these, these are different, totally different scenarios. Way, because it involves Tony, people will think it involves that as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to tell you you are wrong or that is an incorrect line of thinking. But the Rangers and MSG and the Knicks, they don't handle crisis. They don't. We've seen this time and time again. No, yeah, they threw, they threw a, a former Nick great out of MSG and, like, did a terrible job handling it. They Oakland. did a Zabruder-style film for a handshake with Spike Lee about something that didn't even matter. Yeah, like, it's kind of wild. For whatever reason, we, we have forgotten, and we've talked about this on the podcast, we've We've done, we've done this multiple, multiple, multiple times about how great James Dolan is as an owner. We've had our brothers, Kyle Maggio and Anthony Corbo on this podcast multiple times. Nick's our wall. friends from the Knicks Wall on this podcast multiple times to talk about how there's just this yin and yang difference between the Rangers and the Knicks. These incidents happen so few and far between with the Rangers that we forget that they are also the Knicks. They happen that once upon a time, they seemingly happened on a daily basis with the Knicks. LOL Knicks is as common as LOL Mets. And it's, it's very close. You you get us on this podcast talking about these things. We would talk about it, about how James Dolan seems like a great hockey owner because he doesn't say anything and he just opens up the checkbook and he's not afraid to splash the cash. But then when the when the organization is put into a crisis, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is the guy that runs the Knicks. Right. That makes total sense now. Well, let's talk about the press conference because to me it was an entire – it was just a sell job for Tony D'Angelo. They might as well I, – I, I put this on Twitter, but it might as well be like Dogecoin go up kind of situation. They're just trying to bump the asset. They literally said things like he's a great guy. People get offended easily. You know, uh, he's a great teammate. You know, other teammates came out and defended him too. Mika Zvinajad, Jacob Truba. There's been a, there was a, so much PR and spin work within that press conference. We did learn some information 
information, like you mentioned earlier, that Gordon gave him, you know, hey, this is your last shot. They talked about the social media, but they also said the social media wasn't a problem. Like, guys, like, the guy tweeted, is COVID even real anymore? Like, there were things that, like, but politics or not, there were some things that Tony, like, Tony threatened to fight a fan outside of MSG. That happened. Like, we were, that wasn't a problem? Like, hey, Greg, if I threatened to fight somebody out of MSG, how do you think my employers would feel about that? Not, no, not good. That's pretty interesting. Not, not great about it. Yeah. So, so this whole spin job was, to me at least, a value proposition for Tony D'Angelo to raise his value to the highest amount possible to say, hey, it's not that bad. Like, guys actually love him in the locker room. Coaches love him. It's, hey, don't pay attention that we actually waved him and we're holding a press conference to that we waved him because he's still a great dude. Like, we'll be great in your locker room. And there, to me, it's just like, hey, how do we keep this asset from depreciating even more than it already has over this past two days? They've tried to trade Tony in the past. We've said this. Like, we're not reporters. I made this super clear over the weekend. We're not reporters. Greg has told me in the past we're not reporters. When I tried to be a reporter, like, almost as a joke, he's right. We're not fucking reporters. We're not. We're not journalists. We're not. But we know that that Tony was tried to be traded in the past. They've come out and said pretty much that he's tried to be traded in the past. I know Carpinello has said it. I know other beat writers have said it. So it's not like this is the first time they're doing it. So they're just trying to get as much as they can for Tony D'Angelo still when they have zero leverage, I don't know who's going to trade for Tony D'Angelo. They might buy him out next year because he's under 26, and there's a clause where he can get one-third of the buyout instead of two-thirds. Uh, as far as I'm, my understanding, at least on the, in the rules of the, of the CBA currently. So now it's going to be like, hey, what can we actually bring back for a disgruntled 25-year-old right-handed defenseman who has a checkered history in PR? The team, whoever takes him, is going to be in probably under serious scrutiny right away, no doubt about it. And can we get a third? Can we get a player that's a problem on your team? Like there are players in the NHL that have done terrible things, no doubt about it. Can we uh, are, will the Rangers be looking to achieve, like get somebody like that? What what are they even what are they even looking to get from Tony D'Angelo in this scenario? I have no idea, but the press conference to me was a hey, uh, we're going to talk to you like you don't know what you're talking about. The way I thought about it is, what do they call it in wrestling? Like, smart fans or smarks? Is that what it's called? I forget what it's smart called. Smart marks, yeah. Smart marks, yeah. So, to me, it was like, I think we're smart marking right now because I just think the casual fan might eat all this shit up. When, it to me, it was a total, like, hey, Tony has to get as much value from this as possible because we're still looking to ship him out. But not, not even that, Ryan. Even... I agree with you. Mm-hmm. That was the vibe I got from the press conference as well. Right. Which, again, makes me ask the question, why the fuck did you wait five hours until after the waiver deadline to do this press conference? Like, at this point, every all 30 NHL teams have already said fuck no to the guy. They said they could have had him for free. All you had to do was pick up the tab. That's it. That is the bare minimum requirement that all 30 teams had to accomplish. And every team said no, thanks. I'm good. So if you wanted to do this PR spin press conference, do it Sunday at 530. What are you waiting for until after? Who who are you selling Tony D'Angelo to now? This the, Every team already had the opportunity. Every team walked away. The, are you going to tell me? You're going to tell me, Ryan. You're going to you're going to honestly tell me, mm-hmm. dead to my face, that Tony D'Angelo is going to be more valuable at 50% salary retained than he would have been had a team just taken him. You beat me to they'd my rather give to my counterpoint. A, they'd rather yes. give up an asset to have Tony for 2.4 million dollars 
then try to figure out Tony for 4.8. You're going to look me in the eyes I, and say that. I Unfortunately, if Gordon does pull this trade off, I have to tell you that, yes, that was the case. And that Incredible. Would, that would be if, the situation. Ryan, if that's the case, I hate to bring them back into this, but shame on the Ottawa Senators for not putting the claim in on Tony and doing this themselves. If there was – this is why I have a hard time believing that – other teams feel like they could. there's value in trading for Tony D'Angelo. Because if there was honest value, and if we were a different league, would it have been smart for the Ottawa Senators, a team utterly tanking, to just bring in Tony D'Angelo, the human asset, and say, we're confident that at least five other teams will want this player for half his salary retained. And then they get a free, a free asset for just eating $2.5 million. That's a good point. Money that... Money that they're not spending. What you're doing right now is assuming the Ottawa Senators are smart. Now that's or your first money. That's These your are two problems that I. It's have. your first mistake. Yes, you're absolutely. Right. You're right. It, it's unfair of me to throw them under this again because I they they've done everything they possibly could for me to give up on them. Correct. And yet here I am presenting another op- opportunity for them to do something. They, trust me. I don't know. I'm Ryan. sure people in hockey have given them good ideas on how to succeed, and they have said no. We're good. Is it, is it possible that one of the teams interested in Tony D'Angelo simply doesn't have the cap space for $4.8 million? It absolutely is possible, I assume. I cap, just have a hard time believing is, it. Cap space is tight. It really is around the whole league, now, unless you're the Ottawa Senators. So maybe that's the case. Hey, we'll ship out an asset that's overpriced to you. Whether it be like, I, I saw rumors of Keith Yandel. That's not happening. I don't believe at all. Uh there might be another team that's like, hey, sh- take this player and we'll take Tony back. Like, I, I think it's just going to be a salary swap, if that's anything. But if you could, they could have had it for free, but no one could take on the salary because everything's so tight right now. That's that's at least my opinion on the Tony thing. But you have to have a rock-solid owner that's like, hey, we don't care about the heat. Or I, maybe rock-solid isn't the, the good word here. It's uh, I, would, uh, I, would, I would say oblivious. Uh, is, yeah, is I would say an owner mean. who doesn't care at all. And it's like, yeah. I just want to win. I don't care. Tony's better than what we have now. I don't really care about the backlash, the PR backlash, and everything he said on Twitter. I don't care. Bring him in. Let's do it. And that's well, the I, only I, way it happens. I think I, David Quinn has gotten a lot of heat this year. And I'm starting to think the heat that we need to be pressing on anyone in the New York Rangers organization is Jeff Gordon. Um, I'm with I'm you on this, by th- the way. I'm not saying this is case in point, right? I still think Jeff Gordon has done a lot of good with the New York Rangers. I, 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 you look at, again, Adam Fox may or may not have, well, it's not may not have. It sounds like Adam Fox forced his way to the New York Rangers, but Jeff Gordon was still the guy that got it done. Uh, Artemi Panarin sounded like he forced his way to the New York Rangers. Jeff Gordon, again, the guy that got it done. We've been big fans of the assets the Rangers got back for Rick Nash, your boy. Huge. Um, Mika, the Mika Zibanejad trade itself and the Mika Zibanejad extension have all turned out very well for him there. It uh, the Brady Shea trade. Of course, we don't think he knew that a pandemic was coming, mm. but he moved. Mm. He, uh, he, <laughs> he moved. He moved Shea at the absolute right time, and there's no way you and I could deny that. Sold high. But since the Brady Shea trade, I I I have a very hard time coming up with a clear win for Jeff Gordon. No, there's all uh, as all L's left and right. Yep. Let, well, let, let me let me let me walk through them. Go for it. I'll do I'll do I'll do uh, L or no L in this situation. The first obvious one is Jesper Faust. Now. Oh my God! You and I are big value boys. Oh my we, God, we, Greg! This one makes firmly, me sick. Yeah, we firmly believe if 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 you I've I've tried to make the point, and I do believe in some cases that you can let certain assets reach 
um, their end point, their natural end point. You don't have to trade every player on an expiring contract. What I disagree with is allowing a player to walk when you're – I get that the Rangers were playing better hockey at the trade deadline, but you can't sit here and, litter, and tell me to my face that you think the Rangers had a chance to make the playoffs after they had traded Brady Shea at the trade deadline. It, no. it's, it, it flies in the face of the argument you're trying to make. The Rangers specifically made themselves worse in the moment. Whether you thought Shea was playing well or not, they didn't have anyone to replace him. So they made them, They actively made themselves worse because they had a trade offer that they liked. But as soon as you make that trade, well, then you're signaling to me that you're not 100% certain you're going to make the playoffs. So you should be trading your other assets that will not be with this team for a long time. Now, they extended Chris Kreider, so he doesn't fit into this category. But Jesper Faust is a guy the Rangers specifically decided against trading at the deadline. And then in the summer had said that they wanted to bring him back, but only on a two-year deal. A notion, by the way, that you and I did agree with, but you had to have known, you had to have had the conversations with Jesper to know that a two-year deal wasn't going to get it done. And if you're going to let Jesper Foss walk, you just can't do it for free. That is just an asset he left on the table. Not only Whether that. you think that the asset guy, would have been valuable or not. The guy won. left on the table. I think it's super important to say this. Jesper Fast won, like, locker room man of the year for the New York Rangers, like, Players, eight years. Player, eight, five straight years. Eight, eight years a in a row. It's unbelievable. Like, I, it's, and all of a sudden he leaves. Hank leaves. And. And Mark Stahl. Don't forget Mark Stahl. Mark Stahl. Like, Stahl? We on Mark Stahl. He leaves, yeah, too. The legend. Like, we called him. Uh, we said a lot this about Mark Stahl on this podcast forever. Like. The coaching staff viewed him as an extension of them, and it, that's it, could that be any more clear than it is now? Like, <laughs> without those three guys, without the leadership that, I, and I, this sounds so goddamn cliche, but it's true. Mm-hmm. They all left, and all of a sudden, the locker room just broken. To- like Georgie have clocked Tony D'Angelo. Like that's where we that's where we ended up. So w- you just let Jesper Fast, who signed for three years, two million dollars, and even if he was a fourth liner. Like, like Jesper Fast, like is so goddamn valuable. I, I, I just to let him walk to to not have him come back for that price, especially now that you've have Tony just kind of floating around, uh, makes me sick to my stomach. A, a player that I would love to have here for the next three years just kills me. Yeah, and it's I understand the arguments that if the Rangers wingers hit mm-hmm. right, there is no room in the top nine for Jesper Fast. That's I get fine it. and good. I also understand the argument that you should never be like the New York Islanders and you should never give fourth-line players term. I believe that, too. I also believe that Jesper Faust is a special scenario. Like, Jesper Faust isn't a fourth-line player. He would just be on your fourth line because your three other right-wingers are that much better. It's not a bad thing to have. I also just I push back on the, on the, on the idea that a three-year deal for Jesper Faust then makes him untradeable. It's just, it's, we agree. We don't need to go down this rabbit hole. That's an L for Jeff Gordon. Big his time. next two big his next two big L's for me are Ryan Strom and Tony D'Angelo. He had an opportunity. We know the Rangers were shopping both of these guys constantly. The constantly. Constantly. We know they got they may have gotten close with the Bruins on a Ryan Strom trade. We never heard Tony D'Angelo actually attached to another team that like could be literally used. not once. And I guess we'll get this out of the way too. So I know we're just dumb podcasters on a fan pod, but sometimes we know shit. We do. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how that, that's like hard. Like we're not trying to brag about being insiders, but we've just been done this for so fucking long that sometimes we know shit. And we no, never. It, guys, just, it, it's not just that. Think of the people. The, Ryan and I specifically know that we don't know shit. 
That's we correct. Know yes. We, we know that we're stupid, mm-hmm. which is why we have really smart people come on this podcast. Whether you'd like some of them personally or not, I know there are people out there that, that don't think too highly of Rick Carbonello. We love the guy, not just because he treats us well, but because he has a wealth of knowledge. And when Rick says something on this podcast, he's not making it up. Same goes for guys like James Myrtle. We've had him on the show. We've had Craig Cudstens on right. the show. We've had Aaron a lot Portsline of people who are broken. Inf- Aaron Portsline broke news on our podcast that then came true a year later. Unbelievable, by We've the way. Had- I can't believe that happened. Yeah, we have super smart people on this show specifically because Ryan and I aren't smart. And we want you guys to hear smart information. Like, I would have Ryan Clark on this show every week because that's the smartest fucking guy I think we've ever had. Him and Marat are one-two. In terms those are of just, those are sorry, we're, just, we're just talking about our favorites now. That's not fair. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, smart people come on the show and they tell us stuff. Right. And we learn stuff from them. But it, it, it's even the people that don't come on the show. Larry Brooks has never been on the show. And right. he knows the Rangers have been shopping Ryan Strom. Everybody it's, knows this, but Tony's Tony, Tony's name was never attached to any trade rumors that I saw ever, ever. But we we know the Rangers were shopping, mm-hmm. and we know the Rangers were confident that even if they didn't get it, the Rangers knew if they didn't get an offer they liked, they weren't desperate to trade them. And that can be an L in its own right. Maybe they should have been. But the Rangers thought that if they signed these guys to reasonable bridge deals, the market would still be there for both of them. To they, move them at some point. Again, just to clarify for people who might be listening for the first time, I don't know. The Rangers, the reasoning behind the bridge deals is they get three chances to trade them. They get this trade deadline, they get the offseason, and they get next trade deadline. So they still get three chances to get value for an asset that is going to go away in Strom and Tony D'Angelo. Right. And Strom, Strom catches a stray here because we just know that the Rangers don't view him as their long-term second center as they shouldn't that is a correct talent evaluation everyone we know agrees with that line of thinking and we were seeing it this year with how filipino was playing before filipino got injured and again it's a bummer that he got injured when he did because this sure we'd be saying this about jeff gordon but we'd also be saying about how here's another kid that's growing and making the rangers look better every day and he's not here to do it so you take both D'Angelo, you're, you're trading at cost at this point, whether you trade him or you buy him out. I understand the buyout's cheap. It's super cheap. I think it's uh, $333,000 next year and then $833,000 a year after that. So it's less than what your highest level entry-level contract would be for, say, Braden Schneider or someone like that. That's all great and good. It's still a fucking loss. Um, the Rangers will get... If they get anything for Tony, it's going to come at costs. That's just an L. Now, it's, is it Jeff Gordon's fault that Tony D'Angelo threw a hissy fit and then got into a fight with a teammate? Yes and no. At some point, yeah, it has to be D'Angelo's responsibility, right? It comes but down to him. Gordon, just like any player's performance on the ice, if you're slamming them for anything, like, yeah, sometimes it's David Quinn's fault, but also the player has to do what they're supposed to do. Like, that has right. to happen. At the same time, you can be angry, disappointed, and upset that Jeff Gordon continued to make bets on a ticking time bomb. Sometimes when you play with a bomb, it's going to blow up in your face. Sometimes you buy the stock, and the stock tanks. Look, I'm being topical. Isn't that oh, good? I'm still holding on to AMC. I haven't, I haven't sold yet. To the moon, baby. But yeah, so uh, that doesn't look good. Doesn't look good for you, buddy. Sorry, but yeah, it's, it's the same thing. Like he, he's trying to get an asset. He was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep holding this, and then started trading downwards. But well, it's he, like, he made a bet. It, right, but it's, he made a but bet. it's not that the signs weren't there. They were everywhere. 
They were sure. everywhere. Like it was it was impossible not to do not to find out. You know, I just it's it's truly unbelievable that this all happened. And there were but too many also the, to double down on it, mm-hmm. if we're going to stick with the betting references here because Jeff Gordon lost the big bet. Tony D'Angelo's trade value was never going to be higher. He had just posted a 50-plus point season running the Rangers' top power play unit that included that was so lethal, Artemi Panarin was up for the Hart Trophy. That's how good the Rangers' offense was last year. Tony D'Angelo had that shine on him coming off that season. The Rangers couldn't move him. Got Norris votes. Legitimate. He got Norris votes. Rangers couldn't move him. I, what else do you need to say? That it was a bet that Gordon made on D'Angelo. Uh-huh. And then you make that bet, you lose that bet, you can't then be angry and say it's D'Angelo's fault. Some blame catches Gordon in there too. Because Gordon made the bet. He made the bet. No one told Gordon to make this All right, bet. Let, this let's let's finish decision. the Gordon Ellis segment. I realize we got off on tangent here. I'm sorry. So uh, so far, yes, Fast, yes, not being able to trade Strom or we'll see with Strom. We don't know yet. Uh, the Tony obviously is where we at, and then I guess we get to Jack Johnson the, now. Well, yeah, that's the final one because you would. Th- it, it's kind of savvy the move he made to trade Mark Stahl, right? But you give up the second round draft pick to do it. You would think that's opening up an opportunity for someone. In a way, it did. Right, I don't know if Keandre Miller gets the chance that he gets if Mark Stahl is still here, but it's the fact that they replaced Mark Stahl with Jack Johnson. And all but, you had to do was nothing. All you had to do, Ryan, was nothing. You trade Mark Stahl, you go into camp with Brendan Smith, some depth left-handed left-handed defenseman. Ooh, I hope Brendan Smith's you, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, brutal hit. Looks bad. Um, you you go into camp with a couple veterans, the Anthony Potatoes of the world. You invite Keandre Miller to run away with the job, which he did anyway, and you call that a win. It's the fact that he moved Stahl by giving up an asset and then said, we're going to replace Mark Stahl with a worse version of Mark Stahl. Unbelievable That's how we ended up to today. Let's take a quick break. We'll come right back and discuss uh, way more stuff. Stay tuned. Here we go. Transition. And we're back. Okay. We left off counting Jeff Gordon's L's. Uh, I guess we'll discuss David Quinn a little bit because we've been defenders of Quinn on this podcast for pretty much the whole year. I think he gets too much unfair slack and not enough credit for, you know, development of a lot of players. If you listen to this podcast before, you know exactly how we feel. Not a surprise. How, how are we feeling or how are we taking Quinn's part in this sort of locker room fight? Now, before I even go on this, locker room fights are, are kind of they're not common, but they happen, right? Like, this is not in the NFL and other sports. Like, this stuff, like, people get competitive. The the juices are flowing and guys go at each other. Is it Should it be something that happens anymore? No, but it does happen. Yes. Are we going to give blame to Quinn at all for letting this get to this point? Or is this just straight up on Gordon now? I don't I, – it, it's tough. It, is there anything David Quinn could have done differently to prevent this from happening? Well, the – the trigger point for this, from what we understand, is the benching game two of the year against the Islanders. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, are we in the moment? We thought that was the right. I think you go back and you check our receipts. We'd say that this feels like David Quinn is once again trying to use the, a tool that he believes mm-hmm. is useful with not just this roster, but this specific I, player. I think there was a specific quote that I find pretty funny. Uh, it was. I 
don't know who asked it, but it was definitely one of the beat writers. I know that doesn't help at all in this situation, but they were like, "Hey, how will you know with when the, if this benching worked for Tony?" And he and I think I believe the quote from Quinn was I'm paraphrasing here was, uh, "We when a couple years ago when we tried it, it worked. Ask me in three weeks." Well. <laughs> We're at the three week. We're not even at the three week mark, and we know exactly how it worked. So, that's where we're at. But is it is it David Quinn's fault that Tony D'Angelo didn't take that benching well? Like, can I don't think we can put that on Quinn's feet. No because way. Again, this this goes once again to the you have to hold individuals responsible. We David Quinn was holding an individual responsible, whether you like how he did it or not. That is how David Quinn has used his Quinn Benning before. He's done it with Uchnevich. He's done it with D'Angelo. He's done it with Brendan Smith. He's done it with Jack Johnson. You go you run down the roster. It's hard to find a player he hasn't used this tactic with. And it again, it had success in the past with D'Angelo before he had a 50-point season and thought he was hot shit. It was a good motivation tool for Tony. There is no reason for us to believe that David Quinn would have thought this isn't going to work this time. Well, yeah, I think it's super important to point out that the last time this happened, Tony then became a Norris Trophy candidate. Like, he, well, I'm sorry, he, 11th, I mean, whatever. Should he have even got those votes? People gave, people gave him votes because he scored a lot of points. Nobody actually thinks Tony D'Angelo is the best defenseman. Mm, I agree with you. I'm just making the case as to why David Quinn would think this why he would have this line of thinking of hey i've benched this guy before he's reacted to this positively we actually had a great year with tony last year seems to be minor incidents until we got to the off season maybe this works again turns out it didn't but that's that right. has to be I, his logical thinking i guess the most cynical version of myself if i was trying to throw blame at david quinn's feet you could say that david quinn should have realized there was con- missed discontent and vitriol in Tony D'Angelo. And he should have just never brought him back into the lineup to begin with. Like if it was clear to everybody else in the locker room and from the reports that we've gotten, it seemed clear that Tony D'Angelo was miffed since that two game benching. Um, I guess if you wanted to say, is there anything David Quinn could have done differently? The only thing he could have done differently is not bring Tony back into the lineup, but then we're still in this exact same situation except the difference is instead of Tony fighting a teammate, he's probably fighting David Quinn. So it's, I, 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 I don't want anyone to come at me and say that I'm a Quinn apologist in this. I think David Quinn made a gross miscalculation in terms of thinking that losing Faust, Stahl, and Hank wouldn't create a leadership vacuum in the locker room. I think the entire coaching staff and front office thought that a player like Jack Johnson could walk into a completely new situation. Oh my God! And fill that please himself. Spare me, Gregory. Spare me. Yeah, but, but I like if if there's any blame we can say at Quinn, it's he made a gro- like he and the entire organization just made a gross miscalculation in thinking that the three loudest voices in the room and Henrik Lundqvist, Mark Stahl, and Jesper Foss can all leave in the same off season. One off scene after Matt Zuccarello left and an off season after Kevin Hayes left and say, we're going to be okay with leadership at some point, you know, the inmates get to run the asylum. I know, and but I don't really, want to, di- I don't want to discredit Chris Kreider here or, or Jacob Truba or but Truba even is no, but, only been here a year, fair, but fair being fair to Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider's never had to be the guy. That's true. He had to be like, 
I, how many people in our lives do we know that are super supportive and super vocal, but maybe don't have to carry the mantle themselves? Like a they're lot. good, they're good people that play off other good people. Like Chris Kreider's voice has always been important in the Rangers locker room. Nobody denies that, but Chris Kreider hasn't always had to be the guy. There's right. always been someone above Chris Kreider. Well, that you he could look. To I think you saw Chris Kreider immediately after the game try and be the guy right away uh, in the post conference that they kind of cut up on YouTube and only had like a 15 second clip of. But there, there's a there's a huge difference between being the guy to the media and being the guy in the locker room. You're right. You were correct. I that, that, that we won't know that what happens now, but I'm assuming Chris yeah. is, will try and take that mantle for himself at this point. Well, how many how many how many times have you seen Jesper Foss get behind a mic? And talk to the media like about never, something. Like never. <laughs> but he was the Players Player Award winner. So like, I know. I, Chris Kreider, again, I, I think he's an important voice. And he's always played an important role in that locker room. And I'm not shitting on Chris Kreider. I just, a leadership vacuum was created. It's very clear. And the Rangers didn't have the personnel in place to handle that vacuum. They thought they did and they didn't. And is, is some of that on David Quinn? It absolutely is. It's up to Quinn to point out who should be an alternate captain. I got to tell you right now makes a whole lot of sense why this team doesn't have a captain. I know May- that's going to be a very unpopular opinion to say, but. Oh, well, according to Larry, you know, Chris Kreider should have been there today. It should have been the Kreider step up. I was he like, thinks oh. Josh Anderson is the Rangers captain right now. <laughs> in Montreal. I don't know. I like Larry and I defended him before, you know that. And I sure do. Uh, Larry, a couple weeks ago, we just wrote about how Truba should be the captain, and this felt like a, another one of those. Let's take the story off of Tony, and let's make let's make, let's try and talk about Chris Kreider being a captain in the moment of need. I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll we'll try and wrap the book on this Tony thing, right? It was a crazy day of a lot of rumors from literally everyone. There were rumors about Chris Kreider punching someone directly in the face. Some people have tweet, tweeted that out that they think that it happened. That is not was never confirmed. Uh, no one ever said anything close to that. I don't understand how that even got to that point, other than the the Supruder film people like looking at Chris Kreider's knuckles like from the media, like just unbelievable stuff. So there are a lot of rumors flew all day long. Um, we we heard I some would, stuff on our side. Go on. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say this is this is the point in the podcast where it would be irresponsible for us yep. if we didn't at least address uh, Keandre's puck yep. and puck gate. I agree with you. I. I, we can only here's, – here's what we're going to do. We're going to repeat the story that was told to us um, from someone we trust, someone that has told us stuff before, and is not someone who has led us astray in the past. And to, fact, be, to be clear, this was not someone that uh, Adam Herman, who reported the story for Blue Shirts Banter, had spoken to at all. No, this, this is independent of anything Herman talked to, and I just want to say point blank uh, – I know people know we are friends with him. Uh, Keith has told us nothing. He's been off the grid. He hasn't texted us all weekend. He's a smart man. If he's picked up his phone, it's not to talk to us. So props to Keith. Uh, smarter man than we are. Never would have thought I'd say those words out loud. That's not true, um, but whatever. <laughs> but just for reference, this is a source when Ryan and I were at our height about all our Ilya Kovalchuk conspiracy theories. This guy was the guy that's like, you guys are fucking crazy. It's not going to happen. Like, that is... And we just ignored him and ran with it anyway because we were having fun. That I just want, like, just to give guys a level here. Right. I'm just going to repeat what I basically tweeted out. Uh, and, again, this is really the only story that is out there about it. No one is making the accusation that Tony D'Angelo took Keandre's puck home with him. 
and held it hostage and is holding it ransom for some sicko reason. Correct. Demand. Yeah. What I tweeted is, is what I heard. It's that, and Rick Carpinello went on radio and said this too. It is commonplace for veteran teammates to prank you with your first puck, just like it's common practice for veteran baseball players to prank you with your for- first hit baseball. Do you eventually get the baseball? Yes. Do you get it that night? Yes. Do you get the puck that night? Yes. Here's the problem. When someone's pranking you that you don't like, you don't take it as a prank. You take it as something else. If, if, if Mika Zibanejad had done it, it would have been cute. It would have been endearing. It would have been like, ah, oh, Mika, you're giving me a hard time, man. Come on, stop ribbing me. Correct. But if it's someone you dislike that's playing the prank on you, you're going to be like, buddy, stop being an asshole. And, and it's, you're, you're not going to take it in good, in and good faith. And good it's humor. important to say this, too. We didn't say anything about this story because we just don't know. Like, we – I know I know that's no, been – this – I've – Ryan, we'll, we'll, we'll open the curtain here. Um, one of the things you and I have fought about the most in mm-hmm. terms of where we think this podcast is going – my day job is working in news. I am a producer. It's my job all day That's to sit correct. behind a computer and write stories and interact with my reporters, mm-hmm. deal, try and figure out what story they are chasing, whether it's true or not, what information they can use, whether the information they're using is credible. That's my job. I understand that when you and I get on this podcast, at times the people we talk to, it makes it feel like you and I are in the news gathering business for the National Hockey League. We are not. I'm a we clown. And, and there have been times where you have tried to make the case that maybe we should be. And I, I just, it's, I, I, you can call it I've journalistic come, integrity, whatever you want. It's just, for me, it's not us. It's not what we do. I've come it's full circle. I at. told somebody today in a DM um, that is in the know, I am a clown. I am not a reporter. And that's, that's exactly it. Then that's where I'm at. We're not trying to yeah. report anything. If, if we had more access to the Rangers, would the show be more fun? Absolutely. Hell but, yeah. Never, never will we be the guys that need to, like, break news about a trade or we interpret news. We don't create the news. Correct. So I've I've very stubbornly been on that mantle with us, and I've just – I haven't wanted to be that. But there have been times when people tell us stuff, and we usually let it play out before it happens. All we can say, guys, about Puckgate – is Puck eight. That's a good sounds one. like someone it sounds like someone who is no longer a New York Ranger and management said that will never play our game for their for this team ever again. But it's a great guy to play a prank. Yep. They, it, it sounds like he was trying to play a I, prank. The prank may have gone a step too far. It's you can either believe us when we say that or you can just continue to think that it's just a fantastic coincidence that for the first time since God knows when Twitter was invented that the New York Rangers just decided against taking a picture of a guy with his first puck. Do I think Tony went home with the puck that night? No. No. But I think after that prank went poorly, I, think... I hate that Keandre is involved in the story. The kid's been fucking fantastic this Agree entire season. He's been this, what, third best Ranger, fourth best Ranger? Yep. And that's only because Pavel Buchnevich and Adam Fox are just utterly batshit insane. Yep. It sucks and yep. that we have to bring Keandre up in this story. 100% does. I don't think – you know what really – what also sucks here is, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, we've been doing it for five years. It's, it, we've been doing this show specifically for about 35, 40 minutes. Still haven't even talked about tonight's game. Incredible. Yeah, 50 minutes. If We're going to start talking Rangers enough, in a minute here. Yeah. If you listen to this podcast long enough, you know that Ryan Mead and I 
aren't exactly the biggest fans of Adam Herman. We've made fun of him. No, we he's a, him a clown. I call him a clown. We've, yeah, absolutely. I made a lot of jokes about him big, calling moms we're for not sure. His fans. Yeah. Not his biggest fans. No, he but I. someone's mom. Yeah. To get a story about their Twitter behavior. Yeah, like, that was ridiculous. Adam Herman, makes, Adam Herman makes himself the subject of a lot of harassment on Rangers Twitter. At the same time, Adam Herman doesn't make shit up. Whether you dislike him or not, it's not my business. If you if you hate the guy, hate the guy. I don't. It's not going to keep me up at night. Adam Herman has actual sources. Whether you like that or not, it's fucking true. He doesn't make stories up. There's maybe a source lied to him. That's totally possible. I promise you, though, that Adam Herman didn't wake up on Sunday morning with chaos in his heart and said that he was going to fuck shit up for Tony Diaz. Tony did it himself. Tony doesn't need help. This story that we're talking about, it can't be about the New York Rangers organization against Blue Shirts banter. That's not the story. The story here is a 25-year-old defenseman who just got paid over $9 million in the offseason, who had the world on a fucking platter for himself, playing in his biggest market, trying to become a super successful hockey player. He fucked it up himself. That's the story. Tony D'Angelo's worst enemy is Tony fucking D'Angelo. That's it. I don't want to hear the extra noise. This is a story about a defenseman for the New York Rangers who the team's president and general manager and head coach all said today he will not play for this organization again. That's the but he's a great guy. takeaway. That <laughs> is it. Yeah. That's it. Yep. I don't care who said what. I don't care what story was reported by whom. I don't care what Greg Wyshynski says. I don't care what Larry Brooks says. I don't care what Rick says. I don't care what Drew says. I barely care what you and I say. The simple fact of the matter here is Anthony D'Angelo, by his own actions, removed himself from the New York Rangers. Well, well, well. That's Isn't it the consequences it. of my own actions? <laughs> you reap what you sow. That's exactly it's what happened. Twitter meme. Me while reaping. Ha ha, this is great. Me sowing. Oh, fucking no. What happened? It's exactly that. And I, I do want to say that there have been so many different stories told around about the puck gate or whatever. I don't really care what happened. I think there's some truth that lies between what Adam reported and what the, the teams have said and what Larry has said and what Don LaGreca has said. I think it was a harmless prank that probably was two seconds long if it did happen. And that was it. But uh, I'm with you on that. I think Herman is I, – I clowned on him before. I, I, I'm friendly with him on Twitter these days. Uh, we go back and forth. I hate the way he does something, but I just don't think his sources are nobody's. I think he legitimately is sourced in this situation. And yeah, I think we, I just, we we heard the same story. We really did. Um, it's, but it, it's it's just – it's an incredible. The thing that pisses me off, it, it's not – I again, I, I didn't wake up this morning thinking I'm going to become an Adam Herman defender. It's like the worst – my nightmare, me. to be he's, honest yeah, to me. He's, fi- he's fine. He'll be fine. It, that's not what I wake up and, and said I was going to do. It's the fact that the narrative around this story isn't even about this story anymore. But that's what the that spin story, zone that's what the spin zone they're trying to I do. That, that's what they're that, trying to do. That's the MSG playbook, Ryan. We see it all the fucking time with the Knicks. You change the story so it's not even the story anymore. <laughs> it's the fact that you get Davidson and Gorton in front of a camera saying stuff like fan blogs, blah blah blah, uh, first amendment rights, all these fucking hot shot PR terms that get us to talk about something else. The only thing there is to talk about when you're talking about the New York Rangers hockey team is who is playing for the hockey team and who isn't. And today and yesterday, someone isn't playing for this hockey team because of himself. 
not because of a reporter saying one thing, not because of a story that gets fabricated, not because of what MSG said actually happened. No, the important thing, the only thing that gets taken away from that Zoom is management saying Tony D'Angelo will never play for the New York Rangers again. That's the entire fucking story. The fact that we have started talking about other things surrounding it, shame on everybody. Stay focused on what the fucking story is here. Tony D'Angelo fucked himself. He dropped his bag. He did this. Nobody else. Nobody made Tony D'Angelo do this. Nobody put Tony D'Angelo in the situation to do this. In fact, the New York Rangers did everything in their power to make life easy and cushy for Tony D'Angelo, and he still lit it on fire. So many opportunities. Nobody can blame A million opportunities. Got, got let's, talk, let's talk about this actual hockey game tonight. Got, got banned for Twitter multiple times. <laughs> we're going to have Twitter, one but. more Tony D'Angelo conversation on this podcast. It'll be the day he leaves the organization. That is it. He gets a, he, This is me telling Tony D'Angelo he gets one more time on this podcast where we will talk about him. I am now choosing to talk about the hockey game in which the New York Rangers won tonight 3-1 to one against the Pittsburgh Penguins, who apparently had – beaten the Rangers 10 straight times. Did you fucking know that? I did not know that. <laughs> I no I, how has that never been talked about? <laughs> they casually said it on the NBCSN broadcast. We're like, hey, I didn't, you know, the Rangers I was are 7 3 in their last 10 games against the Penguins. MSG like, didn't mention me, that. They are what? They didn't mention it on MSG. Uh, I just want to have a quick quick final thought, and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you, uh, we'll go over to New York Rangers on this. With Tony, he got a lot of chances, no doubt about it. Like you said, he buried, he didn't take those chances to become better. I do believe people can grow and change. Those things happen. It's clear that that did not happen with Tony D'Angelo. He broke the last straw with the New York Rangers. You're right. The sole focus of this should have been Tony D'Angelo the entire time. Uh, you know, there's there's going to be rumors. There was rumors about Kreider. There was rumors about Truba. None of that actually mattered. What actually mattered was what happened with Tony D'Angelo, just like you said. And we're gonna. The Rangers have moved on from Tony D'Angelo. There will be a final conversation with the trade, and that'll be exactly the end of Tony D'Angelo's tenure with the New York Rangers, where uh, was a bumpy ride. And really, it comes back to the trade with Arizona, and it, that has become a lose-lose situation for the New York Rangers years down the line. All right, let's actually talk hockey. New York Rangers won a game 50 minutes, 55 minutes into this podcast. Unbelievable. New York Rangers actually won a game tonight versus Pittsburgh, who you said already has won 10, or rather had Rangers have not beaten them 10 times in a row. Is that true? Uh, a that game where... That was the stat that NBC... That John Forslund just said it with such casual... That's unbelievable. Voice, and I was like, excuse me? How is this not the biggest talking point in the NHL that the New York Rangers had lost 10 straight matches with the Pittsburgh Penguins? They had gotten three points from Pittsburgh in their last 10 games. Okay, so first off, losses. first off, I think it's really important to break the actual biggest news. My second biggest news of the day is that Kapokaka was on COVID precautions. Uh, we don't know if he has COVID or not. We believe he is yeah, just... What, 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 what a, speaking of which, yeah. the fuck do you mean he's fine, Jeff Gordon? Does that what does that mean I'm, does that mean he's asymptomatic does I'm, he even have covid did he I, simply again i i believe i believe uh, the mask thing uh, they're not 100 effective as you know but everyone should wear them uh you could still i wanted i only say that because you could still get covid if you wear a mask that's just how it works uh with kako i just don't understand how i believe and maybe you could explain this to me with the nhlpa before the season we weren't supposed to know if a player had covid or not but 
when now that we're in the season, are we supposed to know like they're in precautions, but we still can't know if they were COVID positive right. or not? We only know when a player is put on the COVID protocol list. So we we only know that the reason why Kapokako isn't playing for the New York Rangers tonight has nothing to do with an injury. Right, like upper body, it, it, lower it's body not shit. Injury, yeah. This this specific designation, which was negotiated by the players, only indicates that Kapokako is otherwise healthy. The problem is it doesn't answer the big question, and it just brings up more questions, which is what the fuck? And I, I just I don't understand how you can say he's fine and we we don't expect him to be out long. Like this doesn't mean anything. I'd rather you say nothing. I'd rather you just say, you know what, we can't comment. He's on he's in protocols. We'll revisit when we're allowed to revisit. Agreed. Because that because now I'm even more confused. If he's fine and he's just in protocols, okay, so now I'm thinking he might not be positive at all and he just maybe came intact with somebody that was COVID positive. And if he tests negative twice, he's back in a couple days. Or if he has it, he's not back for two weeks. Like that's that's just it. So I don't I don't know exactly how what to make of this situation. It would be better just to say nothing. Which is, I can't believe that we're the people giving MSG PR advice at this point. We were, it's, and it's also, it's when, so you, when you say nothing, all it, all it does is invite more questions about everybody else on the roster. Obviously, the Rangers played on Saturday. He was put on the list today. The Rangers practiced yesterday. We know that Kabakako was an attendant in practice yesterday. So... All you, all you, all you're doing is inviting more questions. I know, like it, it, something doesn't add up there, and I know we've just been too busy. I feel like we would have done 25 minutes on this at the beginning of our show if Tony D'Angelo didn't just get put on waivers by the New York Rangers. It's just Nuka's a very strict career, right? Nuka's own career, absolutely. Maybe, maybe he'll get a second chance with another team. Who knows? Uh, fifth chance? I don't know. One of those. Uh, it so, would be his fourth franchise. There you go. Fourth chance. Fourth franchise. Fun times. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Capococco. I don't really know what to expect, but I can tell you what. The Rangers... I guess, I, again, we can only go with what MSG said, right? And they said we don't expect it to be long-term, so we can only assume that means he's not going to miss two weeks. And if he's not going to miss two weeks, that means we, we think that he doesn't actually have COVID. We should also mention that this is the time where uh, the Rangers have a game that's scheduled for Saturday against the New Jersey Devils. That is just not going to be played because 10 New Jersey Devils are on the COVID list currently. That is correct. So, so that game will be canceled. So, Or it's it's postponed. We expect it to be rescheduled at a later date. But, yeah, the, the Devils aren't going to play hockey until Sunday at the earliest. God knows if they'll have enough players to play Sunday. Right. It, uh, the season is, uh, is underway in a great way. So the game tonight. Kapokako was sorely missed. I believe Philip Hedl was also sorely missed. Colin Blackwell's also sorely missed. And uh, yeah, Ryan, you know what they looked like? They looked like a team that had six healthy forwards. Agreed. Uh, there was a situation. Brent Lemieux played another classic Brent Lemieux game where he was able to draw some penalties. The PK was tremendous. And I think the, the unheralded story of this season so far, and you can, I know you're going to agree with me, is sort of Buchnevich's emergence to be a not a star but a, a higher upper level player in the nhl his ability I, I on the oh i mean there's nothing about his game that doesn't suggest star power when he's on the ice he's making a difference absolutely every, he every time pavel buchnevich is on the ice it doesn't matter who else is on the ice pavel buchnevich is the best player on the ice panarin is a better player right now just still buchnevich has played better than panarin this year that's true, but just I just feel like Panarin is, is still the better player when he turns it on. I agree with you, though. Sure. I, sure. I'm, I'm, no, but I'm saying right now, there, there, no Ranger has been better this year, Adam Fox included, than Pavel Buchnevich. It's hard to it's hard to disagree with you, especially because mostly because of his penalty kill game, right? Like that's something that that 
Panarin's not we doing. Ex- we never expected it. No, uh, how could I? How could you? If I told you two years ago that one of the, the best penalty killer on the team would be Pavel Buchnevich, you would be like, Ryan, are you okay? <laughs> like, what just happened? There's no way. But he's been a, a hell of a performer on the PK. The PK went six for six tonight. I can't even remember the last time that happened. I'm sure there's a stat out there. I'm sure Hacky, Hacky, Hockey Stat Miner probably already put that out the last time the Rangers like did on PK, whatever. But six for six is a, a very impressive, impressive stat. And that's all led by Pavel Buchnevich. And I have to say, him and other players like Igor looked tremendous the entire night. Like, I know Igor let up uh, one goal tonight, but I, I, I'm so sick of already this alternating goalie thing. The Rangers won. Igor let up one goal. And as much as I don't want to get clocked by Georgiev, like, I don't want him going back to Georgiev next game. That's probably no, going to I, happen, but I'm if, sick of if it. If you want to, again, we've been very clearly pro-Quinn on this podcast. The alternating goalie season. thing is the thing that makes me it, sick to my stomach. I'm, I'm right there with you. There's zero excuse to take Shesterkin out of goal Thursday. Zero. There just, there just isn't. I This was true when I tweeted it on Saturday, and I understand that the fight happened thereafter, and I now have some newfound love for Alexander Georgiev. But he just hasn't been good this year. With the, with the exception of one game, the second game the of the year against the Islanders, where the Rangers Georgiev won the game, like in the, the Rangers won that game, like at the end of the first period. That's yeah, that he, game was over. He just, he just hasn't been good. I, I, I'm not saying Shosturkin has been head and shoulders better than him, but Shosturkin played like Shosturkin should tonight. And I, if if Quinn was alternating goalies because neither goalie was really finding their stride, you can't take Shosturkin out of net now. I, he earned an opportunity to play on Thursday. That, full stop. He should be the goalie. On Thursday, I will also say, so I have a question. Did you watch tonight's game on MSG or did you watch on NBC? I watched on MSG because I have to keep my Sam Rosen excuse me counter going. Uh, I heard he excused the Penguins. He, that, that is correct. Absolutely. That's the first incredible. goal. The first goal, he's a, excuse me, that's not that player. It's another one. Yes, it was incredible. Sam Rosen, God bless you. Yeah, um, perfect season so far, by the way. Excuse me, every single game. So MSG didn't mention the fact that the Rangers had lost 10 straight games to the Penguins. MSG didn't let the casual viewers of, the, of, of lovely New York Rangers know, let, them, let the fans know that the Penguins have won 10 straight. No, they have not said Did that. MSG make note that the Penguins entered tonight's game 0 for their last 13 on the power play? They did not make note of that whatsoever. Okay, I'm not taking away credit. I, I'm with you. The Rangers played a sound game on the penalty kill tonight, especially when you consider that Ryan Lindgren was responsible for two of those penalties, and he is one of their top does, is Lyon, penalty killing. Does Ryan defenders. Lindgren like hurt his face every goddamn game? Like what? He takes a high stick. You're you're telling me a man who bleeds when he wakes up in the morning <laughs> takes a high stick to the face where you get two extra minutes if you bleed, and he decides now is the time he's going to have like a super scab and he's not going to bleed. The guy bleeds every game. What the hell? I'm, I don't uh, want. I, I hope Ryan Lindgren the best with his health, but he, the guy loves blood. He's a, he's a vampire. Yeah, like the the Rangers were solid on the pen, penalty kill tonight. I don't want to take it wrong, but something's going on in Pittsburgh where they're now zero for the last nineteen. That is absurd. I, it's, when, it's just, when you have Evgeny Malkin and I was about to say, Crosby, it's especially you have no absurd. Excuse to be over your last night. I hate watching Sidney Crosby because he's so fucking good. He's so annoying. He tried the backhand Michigan lacrosse goal. He, yeah, you know, it, you know who he is. He's fucking. He's fucking LeBron. He's, he really is. He just is. I actually had a conversation about Sidney Crosby earlier. And what makes me so annoyed about him the most is that he doesn't like have like the most physical talent. He's not like the fastest guy on the ice, but he's just the smartest player on the ice and has been since day one. He's just always positioning is perfect. Like he's like the perfect gym rat in hockey. I don't understand. So annoying. He's a, 
He's a like if you wanted to take the pitcher analogy, he's like a super clone of Greg Maddox and Pedro Martinez. That's exactly the Greg Maddox Sidney Crosby thing is one for one, hundred percent, just no yeah, doubt about it. I, I don't understand how it how it not only how it's amazing and near perfection, but it 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 just seems effortless with him in a way that Maddox did it. Like Maddox, when Maddox took the mound, he just he looked like a fucking substitute math teacher. I was thinking and that. Thinking the same thing, they, they kept panning to Crosby. He was like, wasn't even breathing hard. He like looked happy to be there. I was like, what? <laughs> what? He's a cyborg. Yeah, but he's he's it's crazy. He's like, they perfected the human cyborg. Like he's Terminator, but he landed in Canada. And he's like, so instead of becoming what is he like thirty two killing machine, he became a hockey player. Is he thirty three? I don't know. He's, not even that, he's, he's been in the league for I think that sixteen years. This this is his sixteenth season. Oh he's thirty three years old. Jesus, this guy's Christ. got seven more seasons in him. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be forty and he likes to be playing hockey. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the way his game ages, but he played well. I mean, even on the Saturday night game, right? The game was back and forth. That game was buck wild, straight from start to finish. Just Rangers score, they score, Penguins score, Penguins score, Rangers score. So so many lead changes, it went to overtime, no surprise there. But on the rotation and the play that ended up causing the the wave of, of Tony D'Angelo, when Sid comes out, you're just like, oh, this game's over. He's sitting in the middle of the ice. Panarin, Mika, and I believe Tony, like, couldn't even move their legs. They've been out there for too long. They played a full game beforehand. And Sidney Crosby just, he's like, oh, I've done this a million times before. Of course I'm going to win this for us. And he, he got a fresh legs rotation. Uh, that, that's a game that the Rangers had decided they, they probably should have won. Uh, but unfortunately, Sidney Crosby just stole it from them with greatness, and that's exactly what he is in, on the, in a really sickening way in that situation. By the way, uh, I saw that you 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 tweeted about the uh, Panarin last second goal, and this oh, actually breaks fuck you, yeah, big time. But it actually breaks like a wonderful stat for the Rangers, which is would have been like their last like I think it was eight or seven games would have been one goal games. So Panarin was like, I guess I'll just break that one up real quick. Still like not is it um. I, I question for you because mm-hmm. I, I was thinking this and then um, Keith Jones kind of contradicted my own thought in the post game, but it's okay. I, I'm used to disagreeing with Keith Jones of the four games that the Rangers have played against the Penguins. To me, this was their one game where I felt like the Rangers weren't the better team. I a hundred percent agree. I'm so glad you said that because that was my yeah. next, that was my next point. They, I thought the Rangers stunk on ice in this game. Throughout credit where credits due, the last fifteen minutes they seemed re-energized. They played well. It was a total yin and yang situation where on Saturday night they played well and they kicked ass in the first two periods. Quinn came out and said, "Hey, the Penguins up the ante in the third, and they just turned it on. They were a better team than us tonight. I felt like the Rangers slept walked or survived barely through periods one and two, and then in the third period, I don't know what happened, but they became a different team." They got gelled, and their offense looked stellar all of a sudden. And by the way, the Penguins have, like, no defensemen right now. Nobody. Like, they're playing corpses for the most part. And then the Rangers, like, I know that, I know the Rangers tried to take advantage of it, but they couldn't take advantage of it until the third period. That Penguins team is really, really good, despite their not only record right now and their, their offensive talent. So this division keeps, continues to be the pit of despair for the New York Rangers, but... They've been the better team in almost every single game this season, uh, and I, I agree with you. This is one of the few they haven't been. Yeah, it's I, I, it, like that's at some point that's just hockey, right, Boomer? But it's right the the Rangers so clearly the first two times they played the Penguins in my eyes were the superior team. 
and they just lost inexplicably. I thought the Rangers, while they played a sloppy game defensively, uh, and Georgiev had a couple tough, soft goals that he let up as well, I thought again that the Rangers were the superior team on Saturday against the Penguins, and they again walked away with losses in all three and just two points in those three games. And then you look at a game tonight where I thought the, the second period the Rangers were zombies. It, it didn't even look like they had any interest in playing hockey. After the first seven minutes of the first period, it seemed like the Rangers were disinterested. Oh, the I, game was I, I even the tweeted, game was brutal, bro. So boring and just like they yeah, didn't look I, I energized tweeted, at all. I, I tweeted out that I was shocked, even with the fact that the Rangers had more than two thousand excuses to fall back on, that this team came out so flat. Credit where credit is due. The Rangers upped the pressure in the third period. The last fifteen minutes of the game, it seemed like the New York Rangers were the better hockey team. But I would say this of the four games, this was the game the Rangers were least deserving to win. So it's natural that this is the game the Rangers won. It's it is. Uh, the, the Rangers have played again well the entire season, uh, with the exception of like maybe one game versus the Islanders. There's been a, there hasn't really been a blowout. They've been in every game, even if they've played poorly. Uh, so I'm looking to see if that continues this week. Well, we should we should say uh, we we mentioned it briefly on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, with Brendan Smith being out, and it oh, looked boy. like a concussion. It looked like he was out cold for a little bit there on the ice. So I. I think it would be foolish for any of us to think he's going to play Thursday. I think it would be foolish for us to think that he's going to play in the it next did, week. It looked, it looked like a pretty bad injury. Just the way yes. he fell looked pretty terrible. So if uh, I'd be absolutely shocked if he was back on Thursday. It's just from a, from a roster-building standpoint, we know that the Rangers are super hesitant about playing defensemen on their offhand. So if, if, if the Rangers don't have a guy that can play on the right-hand side because Brendan Smith seemed like the only guy the Rangers had any kind of confidence in playing on his offhand. I don't think this is when we see Lieber Hayek. We're going to see a lot more of Anthony Potato. Um, oh, he's coming, baby. You know who's coming back, right? There's a very right? good chance you know who's coming Johnson back. Johnson Potato That's correct. on Thursday for that third line. I believe it will be Johnson Potato. I, I, for which I say uh, good luck. Boy, Good night. Uh, look, I just want to, you know what? I just want to peep something real quick, Ryan. This is yep. this this could be the last thing we do, uh, and then I can go into my Jordan Yamamoto. Sounds um, <laughs> well, not just yet, but yes. Not, it, but uh, I just I, I I just want to peep out on Fox's time on ice tonight. Yeah, I think Miller I, and him are going to be playing a lot of minutes, a lot okay. because see, you. I don't think you can way, give. <laughs> I don't Sorry, think you can, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's all good. I don't think you can give Johnson and Potato more than what eleven minutes each. Even that's probably pushing it. Like that's a situation where like you're on the edge and kind of being like, I don't know if we can afford this. Like, twenty six oh three for Fox tonight. Not the highest amount of ice time for a defenseman. Jacob Truba played twenty six oh eight because Truba played more than seven minutes on the penalty. Oh, Truba was miserable with that first goal though. Truly, like I, I'm, I've been happy with Jacob Truba this season in in his performance. Not, I don't think he's lived up to his contract at all yet. Uh, I hope he gets there, but he's been suitable for me. Uh, and but that that was a, <laughs> that was a quite the bad mistake behind the net with Igor. I will say though, he and Miller both made up for it later on when Truba my, had the my man Superman if, save in the crease, and then Miller backed it up with just a if a big mi- man block. if Miller scored on that breakaway out of the box, I would have jumped out my window straight up. Just right into the right into the snow. Third, I'm in the third floor, right out the window. 
hit the gra- hit the hit the pavement and done snow angels. That's exactly what I would have done. It was a moment I wish I I wish he could redo and score. Just a beautiful. I know the Rangers won. I just wanted that for him so bad, especially after the last like 24 hours at this point in time. You, you know what? I am I'm about to again. This is this time on ice happened because the Rangers were on the penalty kill for so long. Yep. Did anyone? Did you see anyone on Twitter bitching about Alexi Lafreniere not getting ice time tonight? Zero people. Want to guess Zero. how much time Zilch. Alexi Lafreniere got tonight? Uh, Eleven minutes. No. Lower. Lower. Wow. Eight. Nine. Nine minutes even. Jeez. Not one person, by the way. I didn't see. I anything. didn't see one person. I didn't see any. Kaka uh, was invisible, though. Why? Now, the, to answer the riddle of why he got so little ice time. Phil DiGiuseppe had a minute and a half on shorthanded. Uh, Buchnevich over five minutes. Zibinijad over four minutes. Howden over four minutes on the penalty kill. Kreider over two minutes. Kevin Rooney, my guy, over three and a half minutes. Kevin Rooney, what Even a nice Ryan surprise. Strom, two and a half minutes on the penalty kill. Sometimes, guys, you just can't get ice time when your team's trying to kill that many penalties. It, yeah, and you're not playing the way PK. The crumbles. That's all and then is. Lafreniere wasn't going to get on the ice in a one-goal game late. They were going to play the quote-unquote defensive forwards. So It's going to be uh, interesting going into, or rather, it's, they stay at MSG, right? Or I believe for the Capital game. I'll double-check right now. But I know they're at home for the next uh, five of six, or, or they were going to be, except for the Devils, but Nettie won't be going final, to the Final thought, Ryan, because I saw you tweet this, and then, seriously, we need, we need to go to bed. Sounds um, good. Uh, we're, we're, uh, big spoon tonight for me or big spoon for you tonight? Uh, I'll go small spoon tonight. Okay, that's fair. I've, you've ta- I, you've I, taken I the mantle. Uh, you've taken the mantle tonight. Uh, I feel like you should continue it. Since I've seen you complain about it before, and I kind of agree with you, mm-hmm. uh, just pointing out once again that the Rangers got absolutely blown out in terms of faceoff percentage, destroyed, destroyed. But I don't. I how much does it? Like, I think defensive zone starts matter. I had this argument but, a little bit with our friend from the locker room. Locker room. I can't say it. Whatever. Locker room. Locker room. There we go. Uh, Mr. Johnny over there, the, the, like the, the potato pancake boys, potato pancake boys. That's actually it. The faceoffs, like I'm not sure they really. I, I I reached out to Evolving Wild. I did some research. I read some because I know the Rangers are absolutely terrible on faceoff. They're miserable, and I keep seeing everybody tweet out like these faceoff percentages. And yeah, faceoffs matter, but they only matter in certain high leverage situations. A lot of the other time, they're almost insequential. So the Rangers need to have a person who can win a faceoff when they need it. There's no doubt about that. Faceoffs have value in that like winning a faceoff in the defensive zone winning a faceoff when you need to score in under five minutes these things matter but a lot of other times like this this 20 percent new york ranger like faceoff win it doesn't matter as much as everybody who's tweeting about it, it like it really matters it's kind of like saying like hits matter like oh johnson had five hits in the first like does that really matter it doesn't matter at all faceoffs in that in that way don't matter the percentage if you're out here quote tweeting and saying, hey, the Rangers only won 20% of their faceoffs. Like, I don't really care about that. The race, the Rangers need to win faceoffs when it's crucial for them to win faceoffs in a defensive zone situation when they're up a goal, when there's two minutes left. That's when they actually need to win it. Will the Rangers ever have a faceoff guy that does that? Probably not. Seemingly not. They haven't had that way in 10 years. But for right now, I, I just don't want to see any more of this, hey, uh, have you seen the Rangers faceoff percentage tonight? I don't care. It doesn't matter. Win the big ones that matter and go from there. With yeah, that, I, I think I think I, I didn't even check five star questions. My computer died. I'm sorry, everybody. We will get back to five stars next week. I don't have my. I'm recording on my laptop. 
Um, and I have nothing really to do other than edit this on here. So we'll be back to five-star questions next week. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff with Tony. If there's a Tony trade, we'll do an emergency podcast on Wednesday. If not, we'll do one after the game on Thursday. And that'll be it for us. Gregory, any final closing thoughts? Goodbye, Tony D'Angelo, and see you later. Uh, my only closing thought is fuck the Colorado Rockies. Don't understand what they're doing. Don't make any sense to me. Horrendous trade. Embarrassment to baseball. My final closing thoughts is Kapokako, I hope you get better soon if you are sick. I hope Philip Hedl is on track to return as soon as possible. And I just hope that Jack Johnson uh, has very little ice time, if possible, if he is playing. We'll be back later in the week. Love you guys. You can follow me on Twitter at O'Reilly. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. Bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.